Good morning to each one of you. It's a pleasure to be here this morning and, and worship with you. I uh, see Eric. Uh, didn't you have a brother here? Is he here somewhere? Oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I uh, went to SMBI with uh, Eric and his brother's father. And, uh, you know, when you don't see your friends from many years ago, uh, it's a joy to see their children come around. The children tend to travel more than the parents. And uh, I have a lot of fond memories. Of, we called him V.O., Vernon Overholzer. V.O., he was, uh, he was, he excelled in the classroom and on the court. He was, uh, he was a very, uh, very good fellow. I have a lot of fond memories of, of him. This morning, uh, the title of the message I have, uh, we have before us this morning is Standing Before God. And many times when we think of, of standing before God, we, uh, we think of us as, as a frail human being standing before the judge of all the earth and we could say like Isaiah, woe is me, for I am undone. Or, or like the publican that said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, but this morning I want to think of this in, in a different way. Standing before God. What does it mean to stand before God? Does God need men and women to stand before him today? Are you, am I, standing before God today? We want to learn uh, from the life of Elijah this morning. Uh, be somewhat of a character study of Elijah, of his life and experience. Uh, let's start with a little quiz. Now there's a lot of Bible stories for, for just one man in the Old Testament. There's a lot of Bible stories surround the life of Elijah. And if you're like me, you tend to get Elijah and Elisha mixed up and the stories kind of jumble together. And, and I might not have it all straight this morning, but I, I think I do. Uh, so let's, let's have a little quiz. And I'd, I'd like some response here. Uh, who would sit queen when Elijah was prophet? Somebody tell me that. Who was queen? Jezebel, yeah. Jezebel was queen. And we could talk a lot about her. Um, not, not very edifying, but um, who was king? Ahab. Ahab, okay. Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, what are some of the familiar stories surrounding the life of Elijah? And if you mix some in about Elisha, don't feel bad. It, it, we all do it. So, uh, Somebody just volunteer. What are some of the stories? Okay, no rain. Three and a half years, no rain. That, that's almost unimaginable. Uh, farmers, where's Lowell? <laughs> Three and a half years without rain. Wow. Strawberries, no strawberries. <laughs> what else? Okay, Mount Carmel and the, the prophets of Baal. That, a fascinating story. I remember as a little boy 
uh, hearing my mother reading that story, you know, the barrels and barrels of water and then fire coming down from heaven. What else? Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Little boy uh, that died and, uh, and Elijah prayed that God would bring him back to life and he was able to take him back to his mother uh, alive. Who was the lady? There's another story connected to that that we remember as little children. Okay, what, what was special about her? Okay, this was during this time of famine and, and the, the barrel of meal and the bottle of oil never, never ran out till the famine was lifted. Time and time again, just day after day, it was there. Just enough for another day. What else? Okay, that was always a fascinating story. He was, uh, he was there by the brook, and God said, the ravens will bring you food. And they did, till the brook dried up. How long that took, I don't know, but it was more than a day or two. And, you know, there he was, mighty man of God, just sitting there, in hiding, waiting for, you know, what a, what a waste of a mighty man of God to be sitting there just letting the birds feed him. That's, okay, yeah. Yeah, ran 17 miles ahead of Ahab's uh, horses and chariots. That's quite, that's quite something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was Elisha, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they both had sons that died, but yeah. Uh, the new, this is going on with our quiz here. Uh, when, did, when did Elijah appear in the New Testament? One time he showed up in the New Testament. Okay, the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up there, and, and uh, Elijah and someone else showed up there on the mountain. Who was the other Old Testament figure? Moses. Moses. Yeah, Moses and Elijah showed up there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And uh, let me just read a couple verses about that. And, and there appeared unto them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter was enjoying this, and yeah, let's, let's just make this long term. Let's uh, build some shelter here, and we'll just, 
We'll just have an ongoing high mountaintop experience here. Well, that's not what Jesus had in mind, but it was, it was significant. It was special that Elijah from, from the Old Testament shows up there on the mountain. What is uh, Elijah noted for in the New Testament? There's a verse that says, you know, Elijah was a man like you and I, and he did what? Okay, and there's an adjective there. How did he pray? He prayed earnestly. Yeah. What's the context of that scripture? This earnest prayer of, of Elijah comes up in the, there's a, there's a little bit of context there. Somebody know what book it's in? That would help. Okay, it's in James. Praying in faith, and it's, it's connected with one of the ordinances. Okay, healing, anointing with oil and healing. And it says, right in connection with that teaching, it says, uh, Elijah, a man of like passions like you and I, prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain for three and three and a half years. How did Elijah die? He didn't. <laughs> He's still living? <laughs> okay, what happened? Children, it's one of the children, somebody under 12. Tell us, how, what happened to Elijah? Certainly somebody knows. I'm not sure of people's ages or I'd start calling out names. Marjorie, you're certainly under 12, aren't you? How did, he, how did Elijah leave this world? Okay, he went up in a chariot. Yeah. Chariot and horses of fire and a whirlwind and that was quite something. Who took his place? This should be for one of the children as well. Who took Elijah's place as prophet for Israel? Let's see. Uh, Philip? Elisha. Yeah. Elisha took Elijah's place. Often wondered why, you know, God couldn't you know, call him something else so we don't get him confused. But uh, I guess maybe in Hebrew or something, it wasn't as similar. I don't know. But uh, I tend, tend to get him confused. Okay, let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 1 is our text verse this morning. We want to think about what does it mean to stand before Almighty God. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitant, inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, 
There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So here is Elijah standing before the king, and he says, you know, the God before whom I stand, I stand before God Almighty, and it's not going to rain until I say so. Uh, that was Elijah. That was how Elijah lived his life, standing before God. What does it mean to stand before God? If, as I understand what Elijah is saying here, it's, it's kind of like a foreman of a crew of men. And these men show up in the morning, and they stand before their foreman, and they're saying, here we are. We're ready to work. What do you have for us to do today? That's, that's the way Elijah lived his life. I'm here. I'm ready. What do you have for me to do? I will do it. Or it could be like uh, Saturday morning. Uh, children, you been in school all week and it's Saturday morning and you say mama daddy what do you have for me to do I'm just ready to do whatever you ask that's how it works at your house isn't it uh, that's Elijah Elijah before almighty God here I am I'm ready what do you want me to do that's what Elijah is saying as he's there before King Ahab I stand before God, and I do what God tells me to do. Uh, Elijah's putting people of authority in proper order. He's telling King Ahab, you're the king, and, and I respect you for that, but I stand before Almighty God. And in comparison, you're just not very important. That's what Elijah was saying. That's how he, Elijah lived his life. So this morning we want to look, what can we learn? What can we learn from Elijah about standing before God? I'd like to read uh, quite a bit of these familiar stories that we kind of rehearsed just briefly in our little quiz. Uh, there's always a danger of preachers reading too much and people falling asleep and so forth. Uh, I'll try to watch. If I start seeing people sleep, maybe we'll start skipping. But let's start reading uh, chapter 17 of First Kings. Picking up at verse 2. Now remember, Elijah uh, went before the king and, and he put things in perspective. You're king, but I stand before Almighty God and it's going to stop raining. And see what happens. And the word of the Lord came unto him, came unto Elijah, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that it that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, 
that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarphath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarphath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman and the mistress of the house fell sick. The son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid, upon his own, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon this widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is thy, in thy mouth is truth. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself to Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel 
Now here it gives just a little commentary on this, this Obadiah, who was, uh, you know, as wicked as Ahab and Jezebel were. Uh, the governor of the house was a God-fearing man. Well, what, what a difficult place. Now Elijah was God-fearing man, but he was, you know, he was coming and going. But here's this Obadiah right in the household, running, running affairs for this wicked, wicked king and queen. What, what, a, what a noble man he was. So let's, let's pay attention here. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Now just think about it. This is a famine. There isn't much food and water around. But Obadiah found food and water to keep the prophets of God alive. Uh, a, a noble man, a very noble man. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of water, and unto all the brooks. Peradventure, we may find grass to save the horses and the mules alive, that we, may, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and he fell on his face and said, Art thou that my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, what have I sinned that thou wouldst deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and the nation that they found thee not. Now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told thee, my Lord, what I did with, when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. Here again we have Elijah. Uh, as he's talking with Obadiah, and, and he's encouraging him, you know, Obadiah was a God-fearing man, but, but he also knew who he was dealing with in dealing with Ahab. And, and it appears, I get the impression from this whole story that not only was he dealing with Ahab, but Ahab kind of did whatever Jezebel said. And that's really scary in, in this story. And uh, he was scared. He was scared of Ahab. And Elijah says, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand. Here comes this phrase again. 
standing before God. You get the picture, Elijah, standing before Almighty God. Here I am, ready to do whatever you ask me to do. And he encourages Obadiah to, to live his life the, the same way. Starting at verse 16, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah answers the king and says, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. And then he sets up this whole story of Mount Carmel and, and the contest there. And uh, let's skip uh, some of this or we will run out of time quickly. But we know how, uh, you know, the prophets of Baal tried to call fire down from heaven. There was 800 and 50 of them, and they just cut themselves, and they did all kinds of things, but uh, nothing happened. And Elijah was uh, kind of enjoying their misery, it, it almost appears, but, but he was, the whole point was the children of Israel were being deceived by these prophets, and, and Elijah was standing before Almighty God, and he wanted to make a difference in the lives of those around him. Starting at verse 31, And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar. In the name of the Lord he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed, and he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it onto the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal and let not one of them escape. And they carried, carried that out. Uh, let's start thinking a little bit about what we can learn. There's, there's more we could read, but a lot of this is, is very familiar. Uh, let's start analyzing Elijah's life. And what can we learn about what it means to stand 
before Almighty God. I have several things here that I think we can learn. Those who stand before Almighty God obey him promptly. We see that here in in Elijah's life time and time again. Chapter 17, verse 5. uh, God says, uh, you know, you go by this brook and, you know, the birds will feed you. Just don't worry about anything. The birds will take care of it. What does it say? Verse 5, so he went. God said go. Elijah went. Down in verse 10, you know, the brook dried up. Yeah, there's cakes were coming, but there was no water to wash them down. And what does God say? God says, arise and go to Zarphath. And there's going to be a widow woman there. Verse 10, so he arose and went, just promptly obeying what what God told him to do. Those who stand before Almighty God don't fear man. Those who stand before Almighty God don't fear man. You know, back in these... uh, these Old Testament, the, the time of these Old Testament kings, uh, life was really not that precious a lot of the time. Uh, if a king didn't like somebody, heads came off pretty quickly, time and time again. And to, to walk in before a king and say, you know, it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain for years. Uh, you know, that's, that's a, there's some risk there to say something like that to a king. And Elijah did it. He just told him like it was. It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And, you know, he could have easily reasoned that, you know, there could be a, th- a sword put at his throat and said, well, you say it's going to rain right now or I'm going to cut your head off. But Elijah didn't fear Ahab. He feared Almighty God. Chapter 18, verses 17 and 18. This was after years of no rain. And we, we read from uh, his, Elijah's discussion there with Obadiah that Ahab sent throughout the land, kingdom after kingdom, searching for Elijah, I'm going to find that man and he's going to make it rain. But he couldn't find him. And after all this, Elijah goes and stands before the same king again, knowing his life is in danger. But he, doesn't, he has no fear. He has no fear of, of Ahab. He fears Almighty God. And then this exchange here is interesting. When Ahab sees Elijah, he says, you're the man, you're the man that's troubling Israel. And what what does Elijah say? No, you're the man that's troubling Israel. It's you, it's you and your, your family and the wicked things you've been doing and the way you've been leading the children of Israel into sin. What a... What a brave thing to say. 
in front of a king that could kill you. Those who stand before God don't fear men. Then on Mount Carmel, you know, I always thought it was 450 prophets. But it says it was 450 plus the 400. I'd never, never caught that detail before, I don't think. 850 of these false prophets on one side and Elijah on the other. Um, you know, that could be intimidating. That could be very intimidating. But Elijah did not fear. He did not fear men. Now here in, in chapter 19, it does appear that, that this wicked woman Jezebel struck a little fear in, in Elijah's heart, at least for a period of time there. And he ran. He ran from, from Jezebel. And he was human. He was made out of the same stuff you and I are. Uh, but he, he later uh, confronts uh, Ahab, remember that story? I think this is one of the stories we didn't talk about in our little quiz, is Naboth's vineyard. Remember how Ahab pouted and he wanted that vineyard and Jezebel said, hey, you're king, just go get it. Kill him. You know, just set up this little kangaroo court, you know, and these guys are, you know, going to say all kinds of bad things about Naboth and we'll kill him and then it's yours. And so they did it. It's, it just seems time and again, Jezebel, it's someplace in scripture, I was trying to find it after I got here to, I read it yesterday, it said something about Ahab being wick, more wicked than all the kings before him, carrying out the wickedness that Jezebel, his wife, stirred up, something to that effect. That's not quite word for word. I was trying to find the verse, but it appears like a lot of this evil going on, she'd kind of stir it up and tell him to go do it, and he'd say, yes, ma'am, and he, he would go do it. But here, here again, Elijah, not fearing man, he meets Ahab in Naboth's vineyard and says, what have you done, Ahab? You killed this man in order to have his vineyard. And then he pronounces Ahab's death and how he would die and how the dogs would, would lick up his, his blood. Those who stand before Almighty God don't fear men. Those who stand before God believe that he performs miracles and they live that way. Not only do they believe it, they live that way. When God told Elijah that it's not going to rain for years, Elijah believed it and lived like it was going to be that way. When God told Elijah, the ravens will feed you, Elijah didn't say, oh yeah, right. You know, the birds are going to take care of me. He just went and it happened. He expected it. When God said, you know, that, that barrel of meal and that little bottle of oil, it's, it's just going to be there day after day. And he even had the nerve to tell that woman, you make a cake for me first. You bring it. You make it. You bring it to me. 
And then you go back and make some for yourself and for your son. What? I mean, couldn't, couldn't she have made theirs first? And then there would have been enough left for one for him? I mean, you know, wouldn't that make more sense? Wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> let's be reasonable here, Elijah. But no. He believed in miracles. There on Mount Carmel, you know, poured all this water on this sacrifice just to, just for good measure, to make this as miraculous as possible. And God came through and did it again. And Elijah believed he would. Elijah knew he would. There's another story uh, in 2 Kings and we'll just refer to it briefly. There's just so many stories about this man, Elijah. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 1, uh, not too long before Elijah went to be with the Lord in the, in the chariot of fire, uh, the new, Ahab had died and passed on, and the new king, uh, let's see, Ahaz, what's it, his name? Ahaziah, and he, uh, he fell and had an accident and he was, he was injured and he was on his bed and it didn't look like he was going to recover. And so he sends some of his servants to inquire of uh, Beelzebub, a god of Ekron. And as these people went, Elijah met them and said, you go back and you tell him he's not going to live, he's going to die. And so they go back and, and tell Ahaziah this, and he said, well, who, what did this guy look like? And they told him how he was dressed. Oh, yeah, that, that's Elijah. I, I know about him. So he sent 50 men, a captain and 50 men, go get him. So they go out there, and there he is up on top of a mountain. And they say, hey, king says, you come down. And he says, well, he said, if I'm a man of God, uh, let fire from heaven fall. And burn the men up. Another 50 men come out. Same thing happens again. The third captain, uh, a God-fearing man, goes out there, falls on his knees and says, you know, have, have some respect for my life and the life of these men. We fear God. And, and here, Elijah comes down and goes with them to the king, I think is how, how it ended up. He believed in miracles. When we stand before Almighty God, we believe in miracles. Those who stand before Almighty God don't halt between two opinions. Remember there on Mount Carmel, uh, Elijah, the prophet of the Lord, was, was very frustrated and distressed by how the people were going after these idols when the God who created heaven and earth was there waiting to meet their needs and to bless their lives. And here they were falling down and worshiping these idols. It, was, it grieved Elijah. And he wanted to, to bring this to a showdown. And he tells them, he says, how long are you going to halt between these opinions? People who stand before God don't waver between right and wrong. We're not talking this morning about those of us that it takes a long time to order 
a meal at the restaurant, we just can't make a decision between chicken or beef or shrimp. Um, neither are we talking about you know, Nathaniel that can't decide if he wants to marry Mary or if he wants to marry Martha. We're not talking about those kind of things. We're talking about right and wrong. Those who stand before Almighty God don't dither. They don't waver. They don't halt between doing what is right and doing what is wrong. They know what's right is right, and they do it. Like we saw earlier, they do it promptly. They obey God promptly. Elijah was a man who stood before God. He, he did amazing things for God time and time again. But he was a human being just like you and I. He was made out of the same stuff that you and I are. Is the same God in charge of the world today that was in charge of the world in Elijah's time? Yeah. He's still the Almighty One, just like he was in Elijah's day. Are we standing before him? Are we getting up in the morning and saying, God Almighty, here I stand. What do you want me to do today? How can I live for you today? Do we obey him promptly? Do we fear men? Do we fear men? Do we believe this almighty God performs miracles? Do we live that way? Do we waver between doing what is right and doing what is wrong? When it's crystal clear, do we just waver? Or for the sake of the children and those of us that are young at heart, uh, in closing, I'd like to read Second uh, Kings chapter 2, the story of Elijah's departure. This mighty man of God that, that stood before God, he believed God, he, he obeyed him promptly, and he believed in these miracles, and he did not fear men. Uh, God had something special for him when it came time for him to leave this world. And let's read this, this story. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilead, from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto, and Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee. For the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. 
And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went And they too went on. The fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry land, dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, I shall be, it, shall be, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And then we see the life of Elisha picking up where Elijah left off. Uh, what a wonderful testimony Elijah has left of what it means to stand before Almighty God and be willing to do and to say anything, everything that he asks. I think you and I can experience that today if we're willing to stand before God. God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to say it. I will not shrink from what you're asking. A big challenge. Let's meet that challenge. It will make a difference. It will make a big difference in life for us. Shall we have a song?